Hello, this is Steve Bailey. Happy to welcome you to episode 62 of Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts, a Laurel and Hardy podcast. Well, here we are in the middle of Laurel and Hardy's big studio years of the 1940s. I've already covered a few of their 20th Century Fox films. Uh, today's episode, I would like to get what I consider the worst out of the way. Now, every Laurel and Hardy fan has their most and least favorites from this era. This movie isn't too bad. That movie is really terrible. Uh, for me, even with the ups and downs of all the 20th Century Fox features, I find their lowest point, and some will surely disagree with me, but I find their lowest point to be the two features that they did for MGM in the 1940s. They are almost completely laugh-free for me. So I'm going to go ahead and get those out of the way in one episode. Let me start with Air Raid Wardens from Laurel and Hardy legend has it that Air Raid Wardens was suddenly sabotaged by the presence on the movie set of a civil defense official who would not tolerate any kidding of defense procedures. Based on the evidence of the final film, that guy must have gotten a major promotion. The movie's first few minutes go beyond the call of duty to establish Stan and Ollie's hometown of Huxton as one of MGM's most American towns, positively oozing at the seams with apple pie. An aw shucks narrator introduces us to townspeople we couldn't care less about and doubles the offense by making sure that in their first few minutes on screen, Stan and Ollie are taking pox shots at the wartime Japs as well as wooden Indians. Just the Stan and Ollie we've come to know and love. <clears throat> Turns out that Huxton's war plant is a major source of magnesium. Although Huxton's slow pace and cardboard characters would seem to lend themselves more to milk of magnesia. Anyway, the town seems more, even more eager to play war games than Laurel and Hardy's peers were in Great Guns, and you'd think Stan and Ollie would fit right in with these pedestrian antics. But instead, they're referred to by most of the townsfolk as blithering idiots and other enduring epithets, at least until they happen upon a nest of Nazis and suddenly find it in themselves to defeat them single-handedly. If you know anything about 1940s-era MGM and the big studio's later emasculation of Laurel and Hardy, this spoiler doesn't give much away. Of course, if you do know anything about Laurel and Hardy, <clears throat> all you can do is marvel at how a big studio went out of its way to not cater to its star's strengths. MGM went to all the trouble of hiring two former Laurel and Hardy scriptwriters, Jack Jevney and Charlie Rogers, and one of their most famed co-stars, Edgar Kennedy, and then wouldn't let them concoct anything funny. An MGM composer named Nathaniel Shrillcat gets a musical credit, but it must have been Shrillcat's easiest assignment ever because there is no music between the opening and closing credits, making Laurel and Hardy's supposed shenanigans operate in even more of a void. To compound the humiliation, when Stan and Ollie are stripped of their air raid gear, Stan is given the first of his Woe is Me MGM speeches, in which he humbly states, We'll do anything that Uncle Sam wants us to. How about starring in a funny movie? Hardy, surprisingly, still performs with his fancy curlicues and dainty body language, as if someone forgot to tell him that he wasn't in funny movies anymore. 
Then, major spoiler here, there's that Weezer of an ending in that it doesn't even try to end on a gag. It just shows Stan with a subdued Nazi in tow. The movie makers didn't even have enough energy to let Huxton sign Laurel and Hardy the town's manure removal contract or anything like that. In his Laurel and Hardy biography, Randy Scredvet deservedly makes much of an unfunny scene that tries to squeeze laughs out of Stan ineptly signing his name. It's like being asked to laugh at someone who's mentally retarded, Scredvet sniffs. Sadly, the whole movie seems to be operating at that level. And now secondly, let me go to 1945's Nothing But Trouble. As Scott McGillivray ironically pointed out in his Laurel and Hardy biography, the press book credit for this movie quite accurately stated that MGM's Nothing But Trouble. Not only does MGM place the boys in a supposed comedy to this part of part excuse me, positively larded down with storyline, the movie's supposedly wholesome aspects, a sad trademark of 40s MGM, check out what they did to the R Gang series, are so overdone they end up getting downright seamy. Stan and Ollie get hired as a butler for a well and chef for a well-to-do couple. And in Stan and Ollie's scripted trek from the market to the couple's home, they manage to get cajoled into refereeing a kid's football game because the game's teenage referee got called home by his mom and the remaining players are too honorable to carry on without a proper ref. They come across King Christopher, a junior royal from a mythical country who wants only to be among the commoners and play football, and realize they need a steak for their dinner, causing them to steal a steak from a caged lion at a zoo they happen to pass by. Ollie rationalizes this death by stating that the boss needs the ste- his boss needs the steak worse than the lion does, though one wonders how badly a high society couple craves a steak that has been sitting on the floor of a lion's cage. Eventually, Stan and Ollie lose their jobs, inspiring a lot of lot more uncharacteristically self pitying speeches, but inevitably they save Christopher from, from a death uh, planned planned by his evil prince uncle. by taking Christopher with them to the seedy mission where they spend the night. This allows Stan, Ollie, and Christopher to exchange some gooey goodnight close-ups that inspire more unseemly thoughts than any scene of Laurel and Hardy in bed together ever did. Lots and lots of plot here, but where's the comedy? Who knows? Even Stan and Ollie can't find much of it, try as they do. The only thing in the entire movie that inspires any outright laughter is a liberty-like thrill sequence at the movie's climax. But who among us can bear to hang around that long? And heaven knows, Laurel and Hardy aren't helped in any way by the supporting cast. As their high-society employer, Mary Boland giggles, flutters, and generally grates on the nerves to the point of making the audience rise as one and say, We want Anita Garvin! Christopher's evil uncle is meant to be a killer whom everyone mistakenly trusts, yet who could trust skeletal Philip Merivale? He looks like he just came off a touring company of arsenic and old lace. And worst of all is simply David Leland as the king. When he tells Stan and Ollie that he's afraid of going home for fear of being beaten, one thinks it couldn't happen to a more deserving kid, at least in MGM land. Far more surprising than anything in the movie is finding out that Buster Keaton did some uncredited writing for it. One imagines that Laurel and Hardy wished they could have removed their own names from the credits as well. And a couple more items of trivia regarding this movie. A lot of Laurel and Hardy is available for free viewing if you look closely enough on the internet. But the only way that you can see these two MGM movies is to pay $2.99 a piece for them to rent them on YouTube. I'm not sure it's worth your $3. 
Lastly, you'll be amazed to know that Nothing But Trouble is the singest highest box office grocer of all of Laurel and Hardy's films, which is probably owed more to MGM's booking instincts than it is to the quality of the comedy in the movie. Okay, I've gotten my two MGM gripes out of the way. Uh, I will continue with their big studio movies on my next episode. Until then, let me finish with my blatant plugs. Please visit my Laurel and Hardy website at the URL leaveemlaughingmovie.moviefever.com. That's leaveemlaughing.moviefever.com. It has tons and tons of Laurel and Hardy-related stuff that I'm sure you will enjoy. Also, there is a Facebook page that correlates to this podcast. If you'd like to look it up on Facebook, on Facebook look it up under the podcast name, Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts, dash, a Laurel and Hardy podcast. On the cover photo of that Facebook page, you will find the URL for this podcast website, as well as URLs for the many venues where you can find to listen to the podcast, including Google Play Music, iTunes, and several others, including Anchor, the parent website that sponsors this podcast. If you're listening for the first time, I welcome you and I ask you to subscribe to the, this podcast. We still have a few more episodes to go. And if you are listening to this uh, on iTunes, please, uh, if you would, leave a written review and or a star rating. It really helps. Lastly, if you would like to email me about the podcast, anything you'd like to say about it, negative, positive, or neutral, uh, I can be reached at hardboiledeggsandnuts at outlook.com. I'm very glad you chose to uh, spend a few minutes with me, and I hope you will continue to do so with each podcast episode. So until next time, this is Steve Bailey saying goodbye.